you know, for the most part, most Christian game developers understand Christianity, but they don't really understand games. So you see a lot of roll the dice and move your pawn and uh, pick up your sin card. That does just not fun, right? This is the Humans of Gaming podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief. Music Gaming. I'm Drew Dixon. I'm the Chief Content Nerd at Love Thy Nerd and uh, one of the hosts of this year podcast where we talk to game designers and stuff. But Chris, you usually say that bit. So uh, you want to say it again for us, Chris? <laughs> I'm Chris Gwaltney and Drew Stole My Thunder. I'm the Chief Executive Nerd with Love Thy Nerd and this is Humans of Gaming where we have humans on to talk about their gaming exploits. But more than that, we want to talk to them about their life and get to know them as people so that you can get to know them as people and further appreciate the work that they're doing in the industry. And for this episode, we had someone who we're already friends with and have great relationship with, and that's Andrew Lowen. We, you know, we've had this conversation before, but Andrew Lowen uh, bothers me in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. when you talk to him, it's like, hey, is there anything you've done that wasn't like super successful? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's no, definitely Andrew one of those. Is, uh, but he's like, he is a super successful guy, but I also feel like he's a, a genuine guy. Like, yeah, he, I don't think it's gone to his head. No, and it if doesn't it has, feel like he it's fakes gone. it really well. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes across as like, like he's somebody that supported us in some really, mm-hmm key like super helpful ways and um is always looking for ways to promote what we're doing at ltn and so um that's not why we had him on this podcast <laughs> but it's also not not why we had him on <laughs> yeah well <laughs> part of the reason honest. like part of the reason we first got to know him i can't even remember exactly how we first met andrew but he you know we knew he was making a game um and a game that he would say is like a christian game but doing it in a way that is a little more thoughtful and not kind mm-hmm, of maybe what you would sure. expect from most quote unquote Christian games. And that always really intrigues us when we find kind of people that share our same heartbeat for that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, that's where the relationship began. And we got really excited about his game. We've got to play his game and it's good, man. Like it's a just a good, solid game. Yeah, it's a really cool game. And uh, I guess we should mention it's called Deliverance, but we'll talk about that on the podcast. And also, like, he's got this uh, board game Kickstarter company, too, that he's Yeah, launched. so he does, like, digital marketing, and they've they've pivoted into doing a lot of, like, Kickstarters and stuff for board yeah. games. Yeah. So, like, if you're listening to this and you want to... Um, you want to kickstart a board game, you want to market your board game, Andrew would be someone you might want to reach out to. Unsurprisingly, um, he shares on the podcast that they've done, how many, it was like 20 some Kickstarters and like, however, 95% of them have f- like fully funded and done yeah. some. So and, unsurprisingly, and more so, yeah. 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 So like he knows what he's doing when it comes to marketing nerdy stuff, just marketing in general, but like, yeah. 
Um, he cares about board games. He's deeply invested in the industry. So like if you, if it matters, if you're listening to this and it matters to you that the people who help market your game, like care about the board game industry and care about board gamers, that's Andrew. Like he's He's always pouring into people. And, um, like, I think he's someone who's legitimately made love thy nerd better. So, um, you know, if you want to be on this podcast, one way to do so is to um, support us. <laughs> 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 Which again is not why Andrew's on this podcast for sure. But uh, but I do think we need to remind those who listen that like what we do here, this podcast, um, our website, uh, the convention ministry that we hope to be doing pretty soon here once once conventions start happening again, mm-hmm. um, our our work on Twitch. Uh, gosh, there's so much that we're doing. We have a whole online community or podcast, like literally everything that we do. And it all requires a financial investment. Like none of these things could be done without your help. So if you like some of these things, if you benefit from them in any small way, like, yeah, join us. Um, lovelinear.com slash partner. And you can investigate how you can do that. Um, and it means a ton to us. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, this is our conversation with Andrew Lowen. Andrew, how's it going, man? It's great. It is great. I'm glad to be on with you guys, Chris and True. It's been a long time. I've been following Love Thy Nerd, and I really love what you guys do. I love yeah. everything about your organization. Oh, you're man. just saying that. I well, am. <laughs> You're in good company because you just we love that everything you're on about. Our, you're I'm going to ask you for a favor, <laughs> which is why I said that. <laughs> it's some uh, undisclosed time ever, in the future. I will ask for a favor. Have you ever tried essential oils? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm actually part of like two multi-level marketing companies that sell essential oils. I think I Are have like really? six multi-level marketing companies that I buy things from. Um, yeah. You know, just one thing here, one thing there. It ends up that some of these, if you buy a thing, you're also a distributor for them. It's like, oh, by the way, you bought the starter <laughs> kit. It's like, oh, well, yeah. I have no Didn't intent you know? to sell stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's inevitable. We're all involved. That's it's... the blood pact you signed. You didn't realize you were signing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know, I actually kind of got my start in multi-level marketing. We can talk about that if you want Did to. you really? Let's hear it. Yeah, let's jump yes. right in. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I graduated college and... Um, I, I graduated business school back in 2009. So I graduated college, I got married, and then I bought a condo like month, one month, one month, one month. And then I started a business in month four, which was a part-time business on the side, what I was currently doing. So I graduated college. I became an EMT because I intended to go the firefighter career path. And my brother-in-law, he um, got, it was like a couple thousand dollars for college graduation as a present to go anywhere he wanted. He decided to go to Greensboro, North Carolina. Like that's lame. And he came back. <laughs> Boo. You know, I was like, what about Hawaii or, you know, yeah. Europe or what something? What was his draw to Greens, Greensboro? I don't even know where that is. Other so than he, North Carolina, apparently. Yeah. It's like the middle of the U S on the East coast where it sucks, you know? And, um, <laughs> And so uh, he comes back and he is just so excited. Oh my goodness, bro. We're going to make a million dollars, you know, oh, and, no. uh, with this part-time business we can do on the side of what we're currently doing. And I was really um, skeptical, but my, my wife said, you know, you really just need to support your bro. 
I'm like, you're right. I do. And that's honestly for anybody listening that has somebody involved in a multi-level marketing company, just to like legitimately show that you love someone like buy buy a product of theirs. Like that really does mean something in one of those businesses. They are struggling. They are losing money. You know it, but the products are often really good. So anyway, I, I started, you know, I, I saw this business model. I thought it was really cool. And I just thought the thing that I heard that kind of moved the needle for me was it is like a, a master's degree in business education or business management. I'm like, dude, I would, you know, run a business on the side as a firefighter. That's was kind of the idea. And so why not? And so I started selling um, health su- supplements and whatnot. And that just, I mean, I like to be healthy, but it was never a, um, a huge draw for me to like change like the world on fire one multivitamin at a time or something and you know and uh so one day you'll get there exactly so um i'm just trying not to fall apart you know one multivitamin at a time Mm -hmm. so yeah so anyway this company it was a brokerage product brokerage so they didn't actually make anything themselves they just sourced products and so they operated in every you know multi-billion dollar vertical that had consumable products and one of them was web design and you know, the, the hosting was like a monthly recurring revenue. And so I started selling that because I, I mean, I love people. I, I tend to be like the, whatever we're doing, I, I am often at the lead of it. You know, I started a poker night that ended up running every single night for several years with, uh, without a single break, uh, or every single week for, for several years without a break. Um, and there were like 60 players. Um, wow. You know, also, also other things. I got everybody into World of Warcraft, got everybody into League yeah. of Legends, got everybody into Dota, you know, just depending on whatever it was, Magic the Gathering, whatever I wanted to do, everyone had. I can't think of anything that. I've done for seven years. Yeah. Consistently. Dude, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I have wasted some. Oh, you've been married. Yeah. There you go. That's true. I maintained <laughs> that. Probably lost at least that much sleep. You said you had three kids. That's true, That's right. for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I started selling websites, and I found that I could sell a website for like fifteen hundred bucks, and I could sell a uh, bottle of vitamins for like thirty, and they were both equally hard Choice to sell. Seems obvious. Yes. <laughs> so I I did that. I sold. Uh, it took me like three months to make a sale, and I I finally did, and then I made two sales, and then three, and then four, and it was like. You know, fifteen hundred dollars times four is six thousand dollars for somebody that is fresh out of college. I was rich, you know. Forget <laughs> yeah. all of the self-employment taxes I was going to have to pay, and yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that I don't know if I'm going to make four sales the next month. I just quit everything and jumped full in and sold stuff through that company, and that's yeah. kind of. I, I ended up uh, now. I have a small marketing agency with five employees. You know the um, the multi-level marketing didn't work out you know the plan for only working two to three years for a hundred a six-figure income for the rest of my life didn't didn't work out or anything <laughs> but i parlayed it into something i yeah. thought was yeah you got while. that master's in business or whatever i did felt like i did mm. you know there's a guy who i knew in seminary who uh he was dating my wife's uh roommate and he he invited us to this multi-level marketing dinner thing where they tried to like talk you into getting involved and uh 
and I didn't, I didn't do it, but you know, maybe I, maybe I missed out, you know, you could definitely missed out on misery and where you could be now. <laughs> yeah. So you he, have um, your like digital marketing firm and there's also like, we are going to talk about games. Yeah. Um, I love games, but you, so you're doing some marketing stuff for like Kickstarters, but yep. you're also making a game. Yes. It's funny because I never wanted to start a, a, a board game publishing company. Um, I always had the intention that I would, um, you know, make a really awesome game and have somebody else, um, you know, publish it. But mm-hmm. it, it it's an interesting story in and of itself. But we, you know, when COVID hit and, um, you know, a lot of, there were a lot of changes to the landscape of business at that time. I was fortunate because small business owners are, are pretty um, self sufficient they'll do what it takes to survive and so they all found ways to keep their doors open all of my clients did um i had zero clients go out of business due to covid uh, because i work with small businesses you know and i do digital marketing like uh we do that we get them to the top of google uh we do facebook ads um mm-hmm. so if you're familiar with the the nerd terms it's seo marketing uh pay-per-click advertising we do web design email marketing and uh, that kind of thing and so um, yeah, we, every website design that, that we had like floating, including the websites that they already paid for the first half and they all just fell. Like I, I have, I still have a website I closed right before COVID that is not finished. You know, it's like for mm-hmm. a client, they just, they just don't want to get back to you because they don't want to pay that, that extra chunk that was waiting. Right. And, um, yeah. You know, anyone who hadn't paid, they're like, oh, should I pay $3,000 in the midst of uncertainty? Maybe just hold off like a week or a month and uh, 15 days to flatten the curve. I think we took a pause in the middle of it somewhere like the 69th to 70th week of Daniel. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. what's going on. I don't know if you um, get my drift or not, but it feels yeah. like uh, there's this indeterminate amount of time in between the first and second half of that 15 days. <laughs> and um so I had to find another route to survive. You know, I had, you know, at the time, like three full-time employees and one of them was entirely, his, his livelihood was building websites for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, uh, thankfully, you know, one of, uh, a person that I think all of us know, his name is Eric Bitterman with Sky Kingdom Games, uh, was launching a Kickstarter campaign, uh, for the Isofarian Guard, which I went all in and, um, he, Gosh, that thing is beautiful. Oh, I know. Did you know the whole the thing's gonna fill up an entire Calyx cube? That's what he just said. It's gonna be. I at the moment will have to explain that to my wife. Like, no, 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 Uh, two years ago, you know, the conversation. So you did that. That was your first campaign. That was the first one, and I said, yeah, and and I said, Eric, um, let me do your marketing. You will pay me in the knowledge that I gain from from this. It's not it's not for free. I'm, I'm learning here, you know, and, uh, he was like, okay. And his campaign did over a quarter million dollars. It's like mm-hmm. 260,000 and his pledge manager open and he's done, you know, over 300 and something thousand, uh, since. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was a success and I had people asking me for that service. And immediately I knew this is, this is how we're going to keep Alex, my, you know, web guy in business <laughs> or rather in, uh, you know, employed. Yeah, yeah. which is by building landing pages for board games. And so mm-hmm. since then we've raised, uh, you know, about two and a half million dollars for uh, board game Kickstarters. Um, 
Most of them have been first time creators that have a dream and started with no emails. We bring people from zero to fund it on day one. Our, our mm-hmm. success rate was 91% of our, our campaigns. So we ran like, I think I want to say like 24 campaigns. And I believe um, out of 24 campaigns that we ran when, when I did this check, it's been a couple of months since I, since I looked, but um, 22 of them funded on the first day. And of those 22, it was like 18 or 17 were from first time creators that didn't have an email Mm. list. Um, And then the other two that missed, we had one that funded on the second day and then one that didn't fund because the offer was bad. Um, But it was, uh, you know, it was just a really interesting thing. So we started a podcast and, you know, just all all about kind of like, like figured this out. Like you did, you did it for, uh, for Isofurian Guard and then you just like from that like i guess well, you did your own research and stuff and just kind of dug around and how well, did you he's in marketing so he has all these incredible. secret tech he has all these secret techniques <laughs> for like you know, yeah marketing. The, that's so. a pretty incredible success rate from like having yeah, done dude. this yeah zero times once well, funny basically because- <laughs> before you opened up shop you know yeah so i mean you know i worked a lot in paid advertising before this so you know we had one client for example um they uh, were a company called TV Ears, and I worked for them for like five years. It's one of those as seen on TV products that, um, you know, basically helped people that were like 72 and above that were hard of hearing to hear their TV. You know, mm-hmm. if you turn the hearing aid up, then the dog barking next door, um, you know, <laughs> gets gets difficult. But anyway, so I brought their Amazon account. They had made like $4,000 a month for the last 10 years. And in two months, I took their Amazon account to like $450,000 in sales per month. And it was like, I just couldn't believe that happened, you know? And so that was like my, oh my goodness, this really, there's a lot of money to be made, you know, a lot of mm, we need ways Andrew to help, to help people us sell some ad. hoodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I just, it's funny because Kickstarter is just really a repackaging of services that we've provided for the last, you know, yeah. I guess it's yeah. been over a decade that we've been in business, but, um, so it wasn't like it, it kind of, there's a lot of overlap for you that yeah. things that it was like, instead of targeting your skills set already. And yeah, it's like, instead of targeting older people that are hard of hearing, I'm targeting people <laughs> that like to play games. Mm-hmm. Everything else is the same, <laughs> which, Hey, that's probably a little more exciting for you. It is so much more fun. You not only play games, but you're making a game. Yes. Yes. I am kind of a, I, I, I'm just trying to stay profitable because all of these projects that I'm creating, I um, back most of them. It's like, <laughs> am I really making any money? Is this a, you know? it's like, I know I have limited space. I want to support. I feel like my you should people. write something in the contract that like they'll give you a free all in yeah. pledge or something. You know. You know, I'm I'm waiting to see. I I just I've had bad experiences with, you know putting somebody on the hook for something that they'll give me two years later or mm. whatever, you know, like I did Ascension tactics. That's another one of the, the Kickstarter campaigns that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked, I've worked with, um, you know, some bigger clients. I've worked on star realms. I've worked on, you know, Ascension and other types of, uh, you know, the larger I've, I've consulted for, um, weirdly enough, I've consulted for dominion star realms mm-hmm. and Ascension. So wow. all these are, some, yeah. And, uh, Rio grand games just, in general, um, Modifius Entertainment is another mm-hmm. uh, big client of ours, mm-hmm. and so anyway, that it's just so fun because I get to get on the phone and talk about games all day. You know, it's like, what cool game do yeah. you have now? 
you know, Skyrim. <laughs> Dude, there are so many nerds right now listening to this that are just cursing the heavens that you have their like dream job. Dude, you were telling us earlier that you just landed the gig to do uh, marketing for uh, for Sky the Skyrim board game, right? Yes, yes, I'm very excited about that. Um, on day one that Skyrim was announced, it was this little blip of a project in GameFound, um, which isn't you know a competitor to Kickstarter now for board mm-hmm. games. Um, and I jumped in and I signed up when it was like a thousand people, you know, following the game. And now it has like fifteen or twenty thousand people that follow the game. So on day one, I I uh, went and followed the campaign. And then I also went and found the creator or, or the uh, CEO of that company on Facebook. Turns out that, you know, we have corresponded back and forth a couple of times just in, you know, Kickstarter tabletop groups, you know, and I added him to my friends list. He accepted and immediately. These sent are the me a secrets message. right here, guys. These are, he's telling you the <laughs> secrets right now. This is how yeah. he does it. The secret is Write just let God guide you because this guy. I just added him to friends and he was like, Oh, I've been meaning to reach out to you. Um, we have some marketing for certain projects that are coming up. I'm like, Oh really? What project would that be? The one that I just <laughs> followed and became a huge fat fanboy of yours for, <laughs> um, or a different project, you know? So I, yeah, I get to market, you know, fallout, star Trek, um, you know, Dune, um, elder scrolls. We're, there's already another elder scrolls product that we're marketing. I'm selling giant Elder Scrolls dragons and mm. you know, they're, they're pretty happy with the service so far. It, That's cool. Yeah. Man. And yeah. I, I feel like our business model works really well in this industry because you have a lot of, um, a lot of people who will charge percentages. So one of the things that I always tell people, I, I, um, you know, turn that $4,000 a month into a $450,000 a month revenue stream for that company and you know being more realistic you know depending on the holidays and whatever it's probably like two hundred thousand a month that i that i was directly responsible for increasing from four thousand right and um i charge flat fees and so i didn't get like a huge percentage of that i didn't get five or ten percent of that um i wish i did of course because i like money you know but (laughs) but um I just am happy for them. It's like, hey, you know, it, it took me a certain amount of time, effort, energy to, to make it happen. And you're compensating me for that. And I'm really glad that it worked extremely well. I won the right to get paid that amount from them for, you know, five years until all they had all this internal, all these internal people changes. And then eventually, you know, I was out because they brought in a new director of marketing that had their own vendors. And that's what normally happens and with that, that type of clientele. And, um, so anyway, I, I was able to hold on for a really long time and, um, that helps quite a lot, but then, you know, with, with Skyrim, I expect them to make, you know, I mean, it, it, I, I, this is probably maybe overstepping what is, what is, is true, but not what's possible. I expect they could possibly be the highest funded board game project of all time that would hmm. eclipse. Frost, I mean, David. the name it's, Skyrim has yeah. plenty. I mean, dude, how many times have all of us repurchased Skyrim when they release <laughs> it on a new, like, it Oh, of course, dude, they're going to be, they're going to get us there. We will be buying Skyrim till the day we die. 
yep it's just gonna have like dude i yeah. i've bought it if on they were selling an empty box that said skyrim on it for 50 dollars, i would dude, consider like, buying it right now they have us hook line and sinker it doesn't matter I can here's your you skyrim toilet okay here's your skyrim air here's your skyrim water What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. So tell us about Deliverance, the game that you're designing. Yeah, so that has been uh, interesting, uh, an interesting journey. I so I'm designed. So Deliverance is a um, the simplest way I can I can put it is uh, it's a Christian fantasy dungeon crawler and a board game actually. So mm-hmm. it's like tactical spiritual warfare where you're you're playing an elite angel in the army of heaven come down to like a modern day podunk little town and th- that is like overwhelmed with demonic activity. And so the story is basically from the spiritual realms perspective. And so you're basically, you know, on the earth surrounded by saints and other people, but your, your, your mission is to basically slay demons and to, to cleanse this town, figure out what's going on and, and all that. But in the course of what it is that you're doing, the evils from the human realm, um, you know, the, the, uh, I guess we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. They basically, it starts to manifest as darkness around you. And so you can't just swing your sword and win the game. You have to use all your spiritual tools to survive. Um, You know, you have uh, like darkness cards that actually come into the game, which represent the evils of the human realm. Uh, Things like, I mean, sexual morality and suicidal thoughts and marital unfaithfulness and like heavy topics, heavy things that hmm. that actually cause issues to your angels. They cripple you in one way or another. If you're familiar with like Magic the Gathering, it would be like an enchantment, something that just hurts your side and benefits the other side. Um, there's a card called Angel Worship, which um, gives demons bonus damage. You know, it's like my tongue in cheek commentary mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, things like that. And then... There are, you know, it, it's another excuse to kind of mechanically put in walls on the map because mm-hmm. if darkness is manifesting, then angels can't just pass through. Like you could pass through, you know, regular walls, right? They're, they're angels. But mm-hmm. this darkness kind of adds a little bit of um, thematic reasoning, like rationale behind the behind the walls of the, the map and, and all that. And uh, so anyway, it you um, are in this town you're trying to figure out why these demons are there and what it is they're up to. And you suspect that a, a mighty fallen prince, one of your former angelic brethren who has since fallen to the darkness is leading the armies from the shadows. So you have to draw that, that demon out and slay him, uh, you know, send him to the abyss to await his final judgment. That's your orders. Hmm. So uh, it, it kind of works out in a uh, in a really fun way I, I was really inspired by final fantasy tactics so i'm a huge video gamer huge well i was that's one of your favorites right chris final fantasy tactics oh brother yes that's yeah, one of my absolutely. favorites too actually that's awesome yeah some people will recognize fire emblem as a similar style mm-hmm. game but uh final fantasy tactics was so influential on me as a kid you know mm-hmm. and um i um 
used kind of the that engine you know of like moving a certain number of spaces everything is on a grid you would uh your range you would calculate a certain number of spaces away even if you know something was behind a wall if you wanted to throw a fireball at it if you could get it in that that like line of uh, i forget what it is you know the the targeting grid Mm -hmm. yeah then you know you could damage them and so that's the the base for the tactical combat and you know there was this idea behind um you know well, I guess the boss encounters are kind of like a raid boss in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. So what I, I put over 30,000 hours into WoW, and I was a professional Hearthstone player. And yeah, Profession- <laughs> you're a professional Hearthstone player, huh? I was. It was, oh, it was good, uh, good money while I was working, um, you know, just part time on this on this multi-level marketing business, you know. Um, huh. So yeah. So I, I would what is, I actually I'm like that fascinated by this. Uh, yeah. What is good money for a professional Hearthstone player? I, I made a hundred bucks an hour teaching people how to how to become legend. I would, oh, nice. I would actually so, watch. So you're and... you're uh, the money you were making was actually training people. It wasn't Coaching. from yes, yeah, winning so tournaments I, or whatever. Right. Okay. Th- this is actually before Twitch was huge. Um, I think this one was when maybe um, it was it was way before Twitch really exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, before. You know, I, I had even a chance, you know, actually what's funny is a week ago I, I jumped on it. I, I usually don't watch Hearthstone because it'll make me want to play it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I, only, you know, so look I look at you League setting up healthy play. boundaries and stuff, right? Like I'll, I'll watch league of legends because, you know, you watch like challenger streams and you're like, yeah, I'll never be that good. So oh, yeah, for sure. I don't have to worry about it, but Hearthstone, I was that good. Right. So it's like, oh, that guy made a mistake. You know, it's like, it makes <laughs> me want to play. Um, so I found that one of my uh, number one training partners actually had over half a million subscribers on Twitch and was a professional Hearthstone streamer. It's like that is been you, I know man. that guy. Could have like, been you. Yeah, could have. Now you instead, know. you're just running Kickstarters for Skyrim. I Who know, cares? you know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was um, a really uh, high level gamer. I, I consider mm-hmm. myself an elitist jerk in my head. Um, one of weird my, that's the name i've always had for you too that's weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there you go and so, what uh, way do you consider yourself an elitist jerk that's interesting so i i'm i'm a try hard and okay. i will so if i play something i sweaty. can't just enjoy it there's no uh, I, gotcha. I mean it's like all right how do you, you want to you want to understand it souls <laughs> I oh, think we're Chris. kindred. Yeah, we're kindred spirits <laughs> in that, my friend, because yeah. I literally like I cannot play ranked anything because yeah. I get just too sweaty and mad. Yep. I just can't do it. Like I don't play ranked <laughs> yeah. legends. I don't play ranked Rocket League, guys. Rocket League is soccer with cars. And I still get super freaking worked up about ranked playing Rocket League. It's ridiculous. I hate it. That's so funny. Yeah. You know, my my mindset with League was always like you know, why play unranked games? Because I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I totally understand like going on tilt um, where you just lose, like I've lost 10 games in a row of league of legends and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to play another one, you know, and it's going to go fine. And then I feed I'm like one in 10, you know, and I'm solo mid, you know, everyone's solo mid. I um, really don't appreciate you calling me out like this on my own podcast. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Yeah. But I just, I can, I've, I can understand that to, to a degree. I don't get. I, yeah, I don't you're competitive because you've done like I'm sports very com- and stuff. Yeah, I'm competitive. I'm very competitive. Like, um, you're just more mature than me and Andrew. Anytime I play a game, I want to win for sure. 
Um, and like, I, I do actually do a lot of mountain biking and I'm very competitive with like the guys I mountain bike with. Like I went, you know, like we try to go faster than each other. So you probably (laughs) are as an elitist jerk as we are. You're just in denial. That's probably true. That's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, that I think I've, uh, I think has been mostly positive. You know, I certainly have uh, said things that I regret playing Dota. Um, you know, there was a an internet cafe that I used to go to in high school, and it was like 20 bucks for a whole day, you know, gaming. Mm-hmm. And we would always go there once a week, me and my, all my buddies, and we would play um, either Battlefield or Dota or World of Warcraft or, you know, things like that. And the and that's that Dota, like that's other. Dota when it was still a Warcraft like three defense mod. of the ancients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. before it got its acronym. That's when I got started. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. But I've said some mean things to friends, right? You know, in the next chair, like you idiot, why didn't you come support me? Or, why didn't you stun that guy? You know. Yeah. So, learn to yeah. play, noob. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's funny, but anyway, I the way I always approach gaming was like scientifically tactically mm-hmm. you know i would i would actually plan so game plan so i i do you know my my sport of choice is uh i guess i like combat sports i do mm-hmm. wrestle i did wrestled for 10 years and i do brazilian jiu-jitsu and i've done that for you know 13 years now i'm a four-stripe brown belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu wow. and i wrestled in high school and college Don't mess and with internationally mm-hmm. yeah so i um i yeah i guess i'm a try hard you know but um <laughs> <laughs> but in gaming wrestling and and video games are so interrelated because when you have to cut weight you just can't think about food so you play video games right Mm. and the competitive spirit is just alive in me so that's that's where i played so much warcraft 3 world warcraft you know i had you're um, starving yourself and playing yeah just just getting my mind off it by (laughs) by yeah and Mm. um yeah so i had uh, i went to the first blizzcon and i watched one of my arena partners win blizzcon and wow. uh, uh, Zillia, the paladin. And then I, uh, the following BlizzCon, which was like two years later, my other arena partner that I that I uh, earned Gladiator with, he took third at BlizzCon. His name is Ice Fox. So I just, I thought that was cool. You know, yeah. it's like, I yeah. know that guy. It's pretty much all Could I was you able to say. Share some things in your life that you failed at, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's funny. See, that's, that's my, my mindset is that, you know, failure is just another, uh, speed bump on the road to success. You know, if you mm. try hard and you fail a lot and you're thinking about why you failed, then eventually you turn that into success. I, man, he did I, say he lost 10 games in a row in league of legends so. <laughs> on a regular basis. That's yeah. he quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no i you know this. i'll say like for example deliverance um because this is a really it's been a really uh long journey um yeah. i i had a great idea and i had this core idea about how the game like the game's core how it would function like the the core loop of the game what you would be mm-hmm. doing right you'd be kind of moving in tactical combat and the darkness cards would be coming out and you would have to use you would have to pray against the darkness and that's how you would cast down these demonic strongholds and other things like that, you know? Um, and it just sounds like the way a Christian should fight spiritual warfare anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was my mm-hmm. idea, but in practice it, it was really hard. It's like, I feel like I'm moving cubes around a board and doing math, not fighting <laughs> spiritual warfare as a sick angel. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I've been told um, at least five times that I can think of. I, I've been told the truth by a play tester and all the color has drained from my face and all the like the the butterflies start flying around in my stomach and I realize, oh my goodness, I have so much work to do. This is not working, you know? Like, <laughs> and when did you start? Like how long has it been since you started like really working on deliverance till now? It's like two so years. I actually, I started working on it five years ago oh, in, okay. um, let me think it's, it was uh, June of like 2016 that mm-hmm. I started working on deliverance. Yeah. So it's almost five years. And um, that's actually, we're going to go to Kickstarter in June. So it'll be about five years from the time yeah. I began that work. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. And yeah, you know, I, I was talking Exciting. to Bubba. Thank you. Yeah. And I was talking to Bubba the other day and he said, every iteration of this game that I've seen is one that I would have purchased. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, that, that whole elitist jerk mentality. <laughs> to be is- fair, he backs like literally everything on Kickstarter. So, <laughs> you know, let's take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, he man, I we went to Gamma together in 2019. Yeah, um, yeah. Or no, no, it was 2020. No, that was this year. Yeah, that was like or right as COVID was right, like. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, before. I'm so I glad we that. went to that thing, man. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool. First yeah. of all, Bubba was just learning my name, and then I'm like, hey, by the way, you want to spend some time with me in a hotel room in a place you've never been? You know, and he was like, yes. It's more of those secret marketing techniques right there. <laughs> I know. I he I could have been a serial killer. They ask yeah. the same types of questions, you know. Mm. And he was like, "Yeah, but sure." But would have somehow would have somehow won you over if you were really yeah, a serial kind of killer. Yeah. So. I'm hard to kill because I I train um, in the art of war with my hands, and Bubba is hard to kill because he is so nice, dude. Just he is just such a kind fellow. You know, and so you're saying on the beach, and also he has eyes that are like ice and fire inside them. <laughs> this is there seems to be a budding romance happening here a little bit, a bromance for sure. Yeah. So, but I think so. Bubba five years on Deliverance and Kickstarter coming in June, and yes. probably around the time you guys are hearing this, it's probably May or something. So this yeah. thing's like right around the corner. Yeah. So, and I'll say, know, I've played it. I've played it now. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can come back here in a few months, Drew, and we'll talk about how he failed. No, um, it's not going to happen. Lessons learned, dude. You've got so much. Like, dude, people are so psyched for this. Like, you've got your Facebook group that's just constantly filling up my yep. feed with all sorts of nonsense and Discord yeah. server. Like, you've, I, yeah, I don't see any yeah. possible way that this thing's not going to go like gangbusters. And I've played it. I've played like maybe two or three iterations of it. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Drew, have you played it? I don't remember if you've played it. I've played one iteration of it but it was but that was a, a while, while ago back. yeah that yeah, was at yeah. i think pack south or something like uh, that huh and similarly like, like that i think pack south last year was maybe the first time i played it mm-hmm. um and even then i was like and i told you and i told everybody else i'm like dude this it's done like yeah good to go let's go you know i think you can send this thing but then you still weren't satisfied and you you know continue to tweak and like every time i've now played it i'm like Oh, I'm actually really glad that that changed or that he tweaked that. Like, I think that made it even that much better. Like, it's just, it feels the last time I played it on Tabletop Simulator, which was, I don't remember when, several mm-hmm. months ago. Um, I think that's like from the game design, board game designers that I talked to, <clears throat> that's like super common. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sure for you, in some ways, you feel like, gosh, like, shouldn't this, shouldn't <laughs> I have finished this sooner or something? I or, I'm sure you've at least had that thought. But, 
like people who make great games, they there's like hun- hundreds of iterations yeah. before. Yeah. They're like ready to say yes. I want people to. This is the version I want people to and play. So much play testing. Oh man, so much yeah. play testing. I don't know how you yeah. guys don't get sick of playing your own game. You know what's so funny is I I figured I would get sick of play, um, but it's legitimately my favorite game in my shelf, and I love it for a few reasons. But I I just feel like I'm not actually the one that is creating the game. Um, I do feel like it is God that has this game all mapped out in heaven, and He's just like. Andrew's going to rebuild this on earth and uh, I'll give him a piece here and there, but I'm going to make him work for it, you know? And I just, I just feel like I, when I play this thing and it works so wonderfully and I feel the way I need to feel and I have the experience that, you know, like we barely win. It's like, I have barely beaten deliverance so many times. It is (laughs) heart pounding every time. It's like, Oh my goodness. You know, what is this going to, you know, like a good co-op. Yeah, and and um, who did just, uh, yeah. so who did your artwork? Because it's a really, I think it's really striking, uh, visual, like really beautiful game. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, the the artist, if if I could tell another story, I I went through like sixty artists, and one wow. of my requirements was that they would be a Christian just so that, so that they would have experience. You know, because the thing is with angels, you can design angels. And you can make them look like Tyrael from Diablo. It's like mm-hmm. godlike beings with, uh, you know, like floaty, trans- semi-transparent tentacle wings, you know, it's like, and no face. Um, and that is honestly, maybe it's a little closer than the way I designed them because my angels look like really good looking people with two wings, you know, which is not <laughs> biblical, <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and um, I, uh, so I, ju- I, but I just needed, I felt like, a person's art that doesn't understand the scriptures would be corrupted in little ways, you know? And so I worked so hard to find somebody that was a great artist that I didn't have to compromise on the quality of their art, but also had an understanding of the scripture as well. And um, I actually found somebody that, that did an art piece that showed me that. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it turns out he's a senior marketer for, or he's a senior uh, 3d artist for Lego. He did all the Harry oh, Potter wow. series, all the Lego elves things. And he was, his name is West Talbot. And he's like, dude, you can't afford me, you know? And, uh, <laughs> but I know a guy, you know, and, and that he referred me to Dan Maynard who they went to school together. And Dan, you know, is, is has done all the art. We started working with Dan in, um, I believe it was 2019, January. And he worked, uh, he's, I think I've been his full-time project for the last, you know, two years and six months almost. So it's, it's been a lot of work to get where it is. I'm the art director. And then he's the one who puts the, you know, I guess the stylist to the iPad or I don't know whatever he uses. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great. This week in nerd history. These are the Voyages. That was the title of the final episode of Star Trek Enterprise, the fifth live-action Star Trek television show set in the early days of Starfleet, with the very first crew of the very first Enterprise, with its captain, Jonathan Archer, played by the amazing Scott Bakula. Coming at the end of just its fourth season, three seasons short of the three Star Trek shows before it, this episode opted to bring in Commander Riker and Deanna Troy aboard the Enterprise D to review the events this finale covered through the eyes of Starfleet's future. 
airing on May 13th, 2005. This episode was widely panned by critics, fans, and even the cast itself, saying that too much was taken away from the main cast in order to essentially make a quasi-Next Generation episode instead. While it wasn't apparent at the time, there was a reason for the heavy tie-ins to the much-beloved Next Generation. Upon the completion of the show, a streak of 18 years of new Star Trek episodes would come to an end. More than that, it was also planned that this would be the end of the Star Trek saga as a whole, having come full circle. Producer Brandon Barga admitted that while the cast was upset with his choices, he defended them, as this would not just end Enterprise, but end Star Trek. Newspapers covering Enterprise's cancellation and its final episode often said the failure of Enterprise was evident that the franchise had moved too far from its roots and grown too dark. Of course, as we all know, this was not the end of Star Trek, as we will soon have five Star Trek series running in the same year, in short order. And, of course, those of you who've been watching Discovery or Picard, well, you know things have gotten, ooh, a good bit darker. Today's Star Trek is certainly going a different direction than it was 16 years ago as Enterprise turned out the lights. But, love it or hate it, Star Trek's legacy is still, boldly, going strong. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Uh, we, we should talk about you, though, too. Um, yeah, tell us about, like, where'd you grow up? What was that like? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell I, us about Little, little Owen. Definitely. Aww. So I, I'm born and raised in SoCal. You know, I'm born and raised in Southern California. I um, went to high school, you know, in, in the same city that I, that I grew up, and, uh, it, which, is, which was Vista, California. And, um, I just was always kind of a nerd. You know, I finally took a, a liking to my first sport. I tried every sport, basketball. I shot on my own hoop once in a game, not knowing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, baseball, I think my best, right, the best, I, yes, the best I did in baseball was I got hit by a pitch to take a base. Um, I think that's, here you I go, Drew, more failures, more failures yeah. right here. <laughs> I think that's basically my baseball story too. I remember as like a kid being terrified of going to the plate to like, <laughs> cause man, like even mm-hmm. little kids, they can throw that ball pretty hard and you get beamed. It's, it's not mm-hmm. fun. I said my first cuss word out loud, uh, when I got hit <laughs> by that ball and my, my dad was in the stands and it You're was so proud. Uh, I was like embarrassed walking <laughs> to my first base, looking at my dad out of the corner of my you eye. You get a like, pass. Yeah, saying a curse word, dude. Totally, man. Yeah. For getting hit <laughs> by a baseball, it freaking hurts, man. I know, I know. I want to say a curse word now, but I'm <laughs> just thinking, thinking about, about it. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> so anyway, I finally found karate. My parents. Uh, so there was a guy at, at my church who was actually the stunt double for all the old Wonder Woman movies, and him and his two brothers were stunt doubles, like uh, you know Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan style stunt doubles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cool. yeah, so he really knew how to fight. He was from Yugoslavia and his name was Dragan. So oh my gosh. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So he would, <laughs> dude, he would laugh. It was like, um, he would just have way too many teeth when he laughed. Like he was really a dragon inside, you know, but, um, <laughs> he was such a good fighter, man. And every single time he touched me with one of his, his hands or his feet, it would, it just, I felt like all my ribs caved in, you know, when he's like showing me a move or something like that. He's just such a, a small, small guy, but just very good at what he did. So anyway, I really took a liking to karate and that became my sport. And mm-hmm. at 14 years old, I went 
it was my first year in high school. I was standing in the counseling line. Just I, hope I thought you were going to tell us you you were in the All Valley tournament. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's All Valley, uh, dude. <laughs> no, I did do. Uh, We've been well, watching too much Cobra Kai. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I did do a couple of uh, world tournaments. I had trophies that are like four foot tall, like you know. Um, but just for in kids divisions, I took second in sparring two years in a row at at uh, and fourth in in forms or kata right in in the the mm-hmm. bigger tournaments I did. I felt felt good about that. I still have like plaques somewhere in you know, but, um, then, so I was standing in this counseling line with, uh, trying to just change my schedule. Um, because I think I, they accidentally put me in two history classes who wants to do that much history mm, and Lord. yeah. And the wrestling coach walked up to me right in the middle of this concrete area where I was just waiting with a bunch of my peers, trying not to look like an idiot, uh, because that's what you do in high school. You try mm-hmm. not to look like an idiot. Um, mm-hmm. and the guy was like, you look like you'd be good at wrestling. Just pick me right out of everyone. <laughs> and he's like, you can do stuff like this. And he did, like threw me on the, on the concrete. You can do stuff like that. And he picked my leg up and made me fall on the concrete. I was so embarrassed, but I'm like, this seems pretty cool. Dude, and, public school uh, was a lot different 20 years ago. Dude, I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you. Nowadays there's ago, a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should have been a lawsuit then, right? But he just Probably, picked the right yeah. guy. Some Again, you know, one of the God's providence, just uh, God's led him to me you know he beat me up a little bit and um i was i in that counseling line at that moment i switched my pe class to wrestling and that became um you know pretty that pretty much defined a massive portion of my life you know Mm. um you know wrestling and i had uh teammates that became ufc champions and bellator champions i had teammates that won the ultimate fighter um you know, I train actively now, even with professional fighters. Um, and I, you know, when I'm in the cage, so, you know, at, at my gym, so the, I go to a couple of different gyms, but one is, um, in Escondido and I'll be wrestling these guys that are pro fighters. But the thing is they, they come from one discipline and they try to get multidisciplined. If you want to go into the UFC, you can't just be a kickboxer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a yeah. pro fighter who has like a striking or a wrestling background and is trying to learn the other things. So they always ask me to go in the cage when it's wrestling or, or uh, grappling practice. And I'm as, as I'm on these guys, um, uh, I always yell at them like, I have five kids. You're a professional. Why am I on your back right now? You know? <laughs> so I have five girls. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I always just talk trash. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, so that's, you are that's a kind of, me in a weird, you're just out. saying so many more things to just verify <laughs> how try hard you are. I am I'm never playing league of legends with you ever. <laughs> we'll be on the same side always. Oh wow! So you've already mentioned like several times just throughout, like, I mean, obviously the board game you're making, like Christian faith is a huge part of you. Like, was that something growing up? You grew up that way or you came to it later? Like, what was that all like? Yeah, I so I was raised in a Christian household, but mm-hmm. I I embraced my faith at 12 years old. I still remember I made a decision and I got baptized at a, like a summer camp, um, mm-hmm. you know, kids summer camp. And um I I guess uh I was always a good kid, you know, I never really got into trouble. I was kind of a dork, you know, and um I would rather stay inside and play video games. I remember the, the first the first video game that I just got completely obsessed with was Secret of Mana. 
and then eventually wow. led into Chrono Trigger it's and then Final Fantasy VII Tactics. Yeah, and uh, that was yeah, that was that. But um, I, I I I don't know. I just I guess something switched in me. My parents raised me in that way, and I am I just like the Bible says, you know, raise your child in the way that they should go, and when they're older, they won't depart from it. I I embraced that faith and made it mine. But maybe around, so I guess I I, I was still you know doing the things that like a teenager boy does, but, Mm -hmm. um, around the age of, I want to say like 24, I really embraced and and wanted to go deeper with my, I'm 35 now. So I guess that was in 2010. Um, Mm -hmm. my sister-in-law suddenly passed away, Mm. you know, and Mm. she was just your wife's, your wife's sister. Yes. Yeah. Her so my sister, sister. Okay. Her yeah, my, my wife's sister. Mm-hmm. And it was just completely devastating because we were like, she was extremely healthy and mm-hmm. everything was fine. But, you know, she suddenly passed away in her sleep and wow. um, we mm-hmm. just a uh, total unexpected. And um, she was not like she was even sick or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so um, to kind of get past all the the house of mourning type stuff i um wanted to know where she was i wanted to know about heaven i wanted to know you know because before then i really didn't have any um experience like no one in my family my i have a brother who passed away in the womb um Mm -hmm. at eight months in in the womb so he was stillborn Mm -hmm. but that was when i was four you know Mm -hmm. i never really had somebody that i loved and had a such a relationship with for years that passed away before that. And so I, I just needed to know where she was and what it was like. And it, it caused me to open up my Bible and read it every single day. So Hmm. for the last 11 years, I think I've read one to four chapters every day out of my Bible, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, just, of course, some days it's like the verse of the day on the Bible app is all I get. Right. But, um, I just had such a hunger for who God was and where, you know, what, what promises does he have for me? And, and all of that, that, um, I just, that's, I became super obsessed, you know, and, um, it's, I wish I did that earlier because I just feel so much more at ease with my life now, you know? Mm. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where my, my faith came from. And, you know, there's this quote that I that I, I I don't remember the exact quote, but it's about Elon Musk from one of his from his first wife. He's had like ten or something, I don't know, but <laughs> but I think it's three wives or something. But his first He's wife said, times now. Which is oh, is that right? Like, yeah, the uh, singer. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. it's kind of it's an interesting pairing. I don't know. That's, That's all weird. I have to say about it. <laughs> He's probably just no. like let me work and we can stay married. Um, you know, get out of my way and we can stay married. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's going to die of of asphyxiation in space. You know, he will, he will absolutely have one of the coolest deaths of any human. Um, he's exactly like one of the, like the billionaire from Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Spoilers. That was such a good movie. I was, I love that movie. So anyway, um, yeah. So where was I? I don't even remember what from Elon Musk. Yes. So the quote from Elon Musk was his first wife said, you have to understand about Elon, you know, when you have somebody who is an expert in one thing, because he started with PayPal, 
Mm-hmm. He became a billionaire with PayPal. Um, when you have an, a, someone who is an expert in one craft and understands that craft very well, but also becomes an expert in another craft and may not be the absolute best person in that industry that understands that craft better than anyone else. He, his secret was that he understood two crafts better than anyone else in the world and was able to combine them. So in a way, deliverance is, I I call it kind of like my life song to the world because I study the Bible every single day and I know it and I, I, I hunger to know it even more. But then also the other side of me, I am a such a a, a gamer, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, we've talked quite a lot about that, but I feel like I know what it takes. I led a guild of like a hundred people, I, uh, you know, to kill dragons and whatever in World of Warcraft. And I, I ran that guild for like five years. I, I ran, uh, I don't know if you guys know what Grand Marshal is or High Warlord. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with World of Warcraft Classic? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got a, I, I brought a character to, to a grand marshal and I had 14 grand marshals in my guild. Mm-hmm. So we, um, basically we, in PVP, we would win every match in five minutes or less because everyone would, it just, I don't know, it was just a thing. Right. And so I understood how to be really good at, a, at, a, at games. And I felt like, you know, and I, I could be wrong. I'm try it's, I try not to consider it like hubris or anything like that. But I believe that God picked me for this task because I have these two kind of combined passions of being really, really good at, at games and understanding the mechanics of what makes an encounter work um, and also the Christian faith. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, every uh, for, for the most part, you know, most Christian game developers, they understand Christianity, but they don't really understand games. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, so you see yeah. a lot of like roll the dice and move your pawn and uh, pick up your sin card. You know, it's like, <laughs> see what? Oh, you got 10 sins. You know, you got to um, <laughs> roll this, the sin cube to see how many of your people go to hell, you know, or whatever. It's like, that does just not fun. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I, I had the ability in me to make a game fun and um mm. you know that's that's kind of where we're at with deliverance is the is a it is a christian board game that i just try to let it be what it is i i try not to read in a a bias to it weirdly enough um it we just instead of trying to like save people with this christian game i start and say you witness jesus crucified on the cross and he resurrected and that's just the the base of the story now here we are 2000 years later and your orders are different. You don't have to stand down. You get to slay all those demons that were cheering at Jesus's crucifixion. Um, now it's, now it's time to, uh, hmm. for deliverance of, of this town. Right. And um, I don't, you know, like there's no condemnation of, you know, LGBT or uh, alternative lifestyles because people don't want, you know, that type of stuff when you're playing a game. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not meant to be a sermon. It's, it should be kind of a neutral tool that, um, a a minister can use for ministry, but a gamer can use for gaming. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and there are so many Easter eggs inside, you know, to use a, uh, probably 
depending on who's listening, an inappropriate term, Easter, oh, pagan mm-hmm. holiday, right? But, uh, <laughs> you know, Easter bunny and this and that. But anyway, um, it's it's just one of those things that I feel like um, it it just deserves to be made. You know, there, there are a lot of atheists and even card-carrying members of the Church of Satan that are like, I would throw away half the games on my shelf just to have this prototype here right now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because the lore is so good. I mean, there is so much depth to angels, demons, and the spiritual realm that has never been explored except for ActRaiser on Super on regular Nintendo. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> a throwback the right there, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I, ActRaiser on Super Nintendo. That Have you ever fun. played uh, the book of? I think it's called the Book of Enoch. No, I've never played. What was it, it called? Uh, El Shaddai. That's what I'm trying to think of. There's a game mm. called El Shaddai. No. Ascension of the Metatron. I remember when you, it was either you or Rich were like obsessed with that game, right? Yeah, Rich was in particular, but I liked it a lot too. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, every time I see the artwork for your game, it actually kind of reminds me. I know you, like, you don't even, you didn't even heard of it. So, but, um, so I know yeah, it wasn't like up. an influence, but it like, it has a really unique kind of like ethereal, like, this is a PS3 but it's game, based, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds right. I think it's a PS3 game, but it's based, uh, loosely on the apocryphal book of Enoch. That's awesome. So, yeah. um, and it's like, it's a angels versus demons kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you have this, this character called Lucifer the whole time that sort of kind of got like guiding Enoch through this battle thing. And Lucifer's obviously like loosely tied to Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, yeah, it one PS3 of the guys that Xbox made, yeah, one, one of the developers that made, uh, the, I believe, that made the original Devil May Cry, uh, worked on that game. Yeah. So it's, you know, it was like a tri- it was a triple A Japanese game. It wasn't like a low budget thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, at the time it came out, like indie wasn't really a thing. Right. Yeah. But um, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Came probably came a few years before its time. Right. Yeah, I think so. So I have a question um, with Deliverance. Like you just mentioned there briefly at the end about, you know, you've had people that aren't Christian play this game and you've had like good responses. Mm-hmm. Um, like what what have been some of the like really good responses you've had either from Christians or not? And mm-hmm. have there been like bad responses from Christians or not? I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Oh, um, yeah, I've absolutely been listeners. told I'm going to hell <laughs> several times for, <laughs> oh, for things I'm doing. Yeah, so, it, here's a here's another question. You could just answer all these at your leisure. Yeah. Um, has have the negative responses been worse from Christians or not? I know you know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely been worse from Christians. <laughs> and, you know, it's the thing is, like, when you get. Uh, hate from outsiders is a lot easier to handle than when you get hate from your brothers in Christ, yeah. right? Or sisters in Christ, the mm-hmm. supposed brothers and sisters that are telling you, you know, what you're doing is stupid and you should just sell all your things and preach to the poor. And mm-hmm. uh, then they turn around and watch football. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at you. You understand nothing, you, you know? Uh, but of yeah. course, I have to be like, thanks for your feedback. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you're so nice, man. Like some of the <laughs> responses I see that you say to people like on Facebook and stuff, I'm like, man, this guy's just way nicer than I would be. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I have to, I had to like learn how to handle, um, harsh feedback and mm-hmm. harsh criticism. Um, I, I think, you know, I look at, uh, you know, if, to use a, a MMA reference that a lot of people may know, Conor McGregor, 
right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time you hear that name, it's uh, you either are like a super fan of that guy or you just want to see him get punched out, you know, and <laughs> there's not really much in between. You either know him because he's such a heel and you hate him or he's like such a cool guy and, you know, he just he calls his shot and then he does it and whatever. Right. And uh, he has this, you know, alcohol business or whatever. I, I don't know. And um, what I love about a, a, a person, an example like that is that whether you love him or you hate him, you're going to pay to buy a ticket, right? You're going to buy a ticket to watch the fight. Mm-hmm. He is very marketable. Um, and he's kind of like Hulk Hogan, you know, became for the WWF, right? Like when he fights on a card, they're going to do a million buys or more just because his mm-hmm. name is on it right now. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way with Deliverance, whether people love it or hate it, I'm actually thankful that people feel so strongly about it. The thing that I mm-hmm. would have a really hard time with is indifference. You know, if people were or yeah. like, oh, that's good. That sounds interesting. That sounds fun. But if if people aren't like freaking out, like what? A Christian fantasy dungeon crawler, mm-hmm. you know, they're or like, oh, Christian <laughs> fantasy, you know, cross um, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, people will react quite strongly to it. And I, that's what I, I love that. So yeah. as far as you know, experiences with non-Christians. One time I was playing a game up in uh, Seattle at a convention called Norwest Con. And there was a guy, I had no idea that he was a uh, homosexual. And mm-hmm. so I uh, am just playing this game and, you know, we're having fun and, and whatever. And then at the end of the game, I ask him, so what, you know, what's your feedback like? And he's like, well, you know, the first darkness card that happened to come out was called sexual immorality. And he was he he just worried that the game would cast uh because you know he's not a christian and and the game is he's a little worried that this game might um cast judgment on him you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he he uh gave this feedback that it actually didn't which is really cool like i just had a, a lot of fun playing this and mm-hmm. i didn't feel judged at all and uh that card came out and i was a little concerned that it might go that way but it it didn't at all and then all of a sudden he just opened up and like we started talking about how his he was raised and then when he came out as gay his his uh family like utterly excommunicado him mm-hmm. you know and um just like man you know I'm sorry sorry that that happened like I, I I you know just was amazed that he opened up to me and we were talking and I was mm-hmm. sharing with him and he was sharing with me and we were just kind of getting to know each other and that has happened so many more times than I can count. I mm-hmm. I have a um I, I sometimes I feel like it's the beginning of a joke. You know, it's like so um a Christian, a priest, a transgender person, and a pastor <laughs> all sit down to play deliverance. Mm-hmm. And that's legitimately <laughs> happened to me. And mm-hmm. we've all had a blast. It's hilarious. You know, it's it's really funny about games can bring people of vastly different ideologies and mm-hmm. uh you know, uh, stations in life together around a table and cause joy and cause bonding. It's almost like as intimate as a meal together. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would say for a board game, it really is as intimate as a meal because oftentimes it's paired with food. Not Cheetos in my house, though. Not my my house. (laughs) Touch my my Cheeto fingers. Not on my game table. Yeah. Yeah. That is what's so special to me about cheese dust. 
about yeah. board games is exactly what you're saying. Like it, it is the great equalizer in some mm-hmm. regards. And man, we need that like so bad these days because yeah. we're having such a hard time yeah. relating to one another when we think differently about things. And absolutely, yeah, that's so I love hearing that about Deliverance. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, so I, I, a lot of people ask me. You know, I, I feel like there's this concern that you're going to have to accept Jesus by mission three, if you want to win, <laughs> or maybe the very last mission, it's going to be like, you know, here's the gospel message now or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that, that fear with, with some that it might just be preachy. You know, the word mm-hmm. is preachy that a lot of people use. Mm-hmm. And I very unashamedly start with the gospel and I show Christ crucified. And the, you know, I mean, my, my, um, one of the one of the things I was told I was going to hell for was the uh, crucifixion part one. It's an art piece that we did that has Satan standing over Jesus, who is on the cross, getting stabbed by a Roman centurion. You know, the the art shows the Roman centurion. Um, you and, shared that one the other day, didn't you? On Facebook? yeah, I did this yeah. uh, Good Friday, right oh, for cool, Good yeah. Friday, mm-hmm. and um, then. It, there's this crucifixion part two that shows, so Jesus was glowing on the cross. Mm-hmm. And then crucifixion part two shows Jesus on the cross no longer glowing with the glow that basically ripping the town of Jerusalem in half with uh, you know this great earthquake thing. And mm-hmm. Satan is up in the sky with just these big chains and manacles on, you know? And uh, before we actually didn't have this, the part two, somebody told me I was going to hell because you know, how dare you depict Satan standing mm-hmm. over God that way? I've mm-hmm. also been told that I'm going to hell simply because I depicted Jesus at all or angels at all. Mm-hmm. Um, certain people of, uh, uh, I guess, certain Christian theologies are um, consider that a second commandment violation. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then I was told I was going to hell for um, female angels. That was mm. that was a fun one. Um, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, hey, man, but takes all kinds. come up with, man. <laughs> It's yeah. all kinds. You know, it's it's only unless I repent. Um, so yeah, yeah. at least there's that, you know. Thoughts and prayers. I had a guy yeah. message me one time really trying hard to get me to get behind his like anti anti Nike campaign because he's like Nike is the uh-huh. Roman god of something victory mm. or something like that. I forget. Mm. I'm sure somebody mm. will correct us. You're uh, like, I just want to watch Survivor, like, bro. I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I think at this point they're just shoes, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's just probably just shoes, man. The whole 666 pairs of Satan shoes is, mm. uh, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> Little Nas did his thing and now Nike is suing them. Um, oh, wow. That's that's kind of funny. Kanye needs his, did, did Kanye ever come up with Jesus shoes or what? I have I don't no know. idea. I mean, 777 I pairs of Jesus I shoes. I feel like I that thought that was Lil Nas too or somebody. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. No clue. Curious. He's but definitely yeah. got his own shoes, you know. <laughs> yeah. His design. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, as far as uh, the whole deliverance thing, um, I try to make sure every element of the game is theologically sound. So there are certain things that are... Uh, so it's a theologically sound fantasy is what I call it. And so you'll have things like angels that are not theologically sound. They're actually godlike beings that would terrify if you saw them often covered in eyeballs. And there are different types of angels. Angels sometimes look like men, but those don't have wings. They actually have a ladder that they needed to climb. All right. uh, To get up and down. Mm -hmm. Then you have cherubim and seraphim, which have four and six wings. 
and you know that kind of thing so i purposefully diverted from that um imagery more toward people with wings so that i could show number one um i wanted people to see themselves in the characters they were playing mm -hmm. and you know it, number two the two wing angel kind of uh takes advantage of a, of a commonly understood trope you know angels have two wings in mm -hmm. in pop culture right and um then you've got uh different cultures represented by the various angels i wanted you know i wanted a um one of the, my favorite things i heard in all of development of deliverance is um this little little african-american girl um she's like eight years old was trying to pick out her character and she was looking through the characters and then she found one shula who's based on my sister-in-law who is uh african-american native american she was like, oh, I want to pick this one because this one looks like me. Mm -hmm. It's like, that is exactly what I want. That's wanted, it right you know? there. Yeah. And there, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 you know, it's not meant to, I know that there's, there's a lot of uh, thought on one side or the other about like virtue signaling with cultures and this and that. But I look at, you know, the Bible says every culture, it, you know, people from every tribe, nation, language, and, and all yeah. that and kindred, right. are going to be in heaven. And so <clears throat> that's what I wanted to represent in the characters of deliverance mm -hmm. is that, you know, Michael is Brazilian. You've got mm -hmm. Gabriel is Roman and, and Shula is, is, you know, or Sardius is like Ethiopian and, mm -hmm. um, you know, Uriel is Polynesian. And, uh, you know, there are so many cultures that we get to explore. And, um, that's one of my favorite things about the game yeah, for me personally. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. interesting because there are, you know, like that one time a Satanist was playing a game with me on Tabletop Simulator. And he was like, you know what you should do is you should really incorporate more Bible verses into this game. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, being Tabletop Simulator, you don't actually get to feel the real components and whatnot. But there's a deck of prayer cards that has, at the moment, it's like 86 cards in, uh, in, in the game of prayer cards. And every single one of them has a unique Bible verse on it. I call it highly thematic flavor text. <laughs> and it uh it the bible verses actually relate to what the front of the card um does mm -hmm. so you've got a king's courage which talks about jesus giving up his spirit and then on the front it's like you know target angel gains two courage it's called you know the resource that you use to unleash all your powerful actions mm -hmm. and whatnot it's like why does gaining courage you know this resource have anything to do with uh with the verse on the back and there's just a lot of um symbolism and you know like i said easter eggs for those with eyes to see you know yeah, that makes sense. it's there if you want it yeah and so. if not you can just play a cool game and kill demons yeah yep slay demons by the righteous power <laughs> of god and actually that is one of the foundational reasons that i even started this game is because there are so many people out there that um you know can't that don't watch things like harry potter specifically because it it, it they have a an issue with the um subject matter right they're like well witchcraft is is bad so i i can't watch harry potter right mm -hmm. um and my wife is is one of those people so any game that has magic in it she's always had a problem with that you know she's felt like she's at a compromise and i love whatever i, I love gloomhaven um lord of the rings and and yeah i mean anything that's fantasy i like and so i built a game that in essence leverages um, I, I guess you could say like the, the commonly fan, the common fantasy trope is magic, right? But you've been blessed with these gifts by God, which the, and these gifts are actually biblically sound to, to, to say that angels have control over certain elements, um, because they do, 
So naturally the fallen angels should as well, but you're able to, you know, throw a fireball and in, into a demon's face and melt him into a pile of ash because, um, <laughs> God gifted you with that power of fire. Right. And Christian, Christian magic. That's right. That's right. And so it really, um, causes, uh, I'll say, I'll say it this way, like the leaven that is normally in a game like that because of that topic is just completely thematically explained in a way that every Christian will say that makes sense. Well, you know, 90% of them and then, or I guess let's say 98% of them in it, 2% <laughs> will tell me that, that I'm going to hell and protest my yeah. funeral and I'm okay with that. Dude, cool, man. Thanks for yeah. coming on. Yeah. That's been a pleasure. Yeah, you know, for thanks sure, man. for inviting me in. Um, and uh, if people want to follow what you do, where, where should they look? So What's the best uh, place to follow what you're up to. Yeah. Especially so the when, Kickstarter that'll be launching soon. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I can give some information about that if people want to know, but the best place to get that information is deliverancethegame.com. You'll find, um, you can sign up for our email list. You'll get an email immediately that has tons of information, um, like the rule book and where to connect in our community and how to follow the Kickstarter campaign and, and the that Facebook sort of thing. groups like super active. I mean, people are talking in there all the time. Yeah. We have thousands of fans right now. I mean, um, mm -hmm. close to 3000 on our email list right now. Um, over 1800 in our Facebook group right now, we have a discord channel. It's on tabletop simulator. You can actually play it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to retail it for 59 bucks or, or it's, it's going on Kickstarter for 59 bucks. And then mm -hmm. there's a deluxe edition. If you like miniatures, there are, angel uh mini miniature candy mm -hmm. that we're going to be running um as as well in the deluxe edition so if you like plastic sculpted miniatures then um you and can if you don't do check your pulse <laughs> seriously <laughs> and we have this metal coin that's going to be like two inches wide um that is like a two-faced coin it's got like uh michael the archangel or it'll have uh, i might change the design but one side is like an angelic coin and the other mm -hmm. side is an angelic coin that is slashed out with all sorts of just violent slashes uh reminds me of two-face from batman nice, um, yeah, yeah. but so we're, we're doing that for a first player marker um so cool. a lot of a lot of fun stuff people are really excited and i, I hope we make a million dollars and this is one of the first games that will have our little ltn loves this game thing Yes. Yeah. And we're talking about like where we want to Huge honor. You should be honored. I am. I am. I just, I love, like I said, I love supporting what you guys do. And yeah. I just, I, I think I, I want to hold nothing back. I just want you guys to to grow and, and be blessed, you know, and how, wherever we need to put that logo in, in order to make your Facebook group grow and your mission grow. That's, that's what we're going to do. So I figured really, you know, really, I, really big right on the. Yeah. I don't think we're going to change the name. We'll just LTN change the name of the game. game. Yeah. Change the name. <laughs> just put it over my name. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I Deliverance is pretty good, but have you thought about Love Thy Nerd? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. The game. <laughs> That's awesome. No, man, we're super excited for you. We can't wait to see the game as it comes out. And uh, yeah, definitely encourage our listeners to go check out the Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I really appreciate you guys having me. <laughs>